As entrepreneurs, we like to study the habits of really successful business owners in order to replicate a process or a system that's worked for someone doing something similar to what we're aspiring to do. And we can do this in a lot of areas of our lives, right? What we eat and how they eat, how we work out versus how they work out, how they're parenting their children. What I want to talk about today is combining the habits of our two most important callings in life, our business and our family. We're shifting out of having to juggle these two worlds and we're stepping into and transforming into what I call a founder family. We talked about this idea of being a founder family in episode 62. So if you haven't listened, go back and check that out. We'll link it in the show notes. And we talk about how this type of family operates because you're not just an entrepreneur who can compartmentalize and have your business over here while your family's over there. It's all about how we integrate family and business and cast the vision for where you're going next as a founder family, as the leader of that founder family. So if you haven't tuned into that, make sure you check it out, add it to your lineup. Today, I'm going to quickly cover some habits and rituals and strategies that I've noticed in studying these types of founder families, and I hope you can grab some of the ideas and make them your own as you design what it means to be a part of your entrepreneurial family and the growth that you guys are having together. I'm sure you've learned by now that you do not want your business success to come at the expense of your family and what matters most. And the only way to ensure that is to integrate these worlds. So let's raise them up right. You're listening to the Luminary Leadership Podcast, where we elevate successful entrepreneurs into powerful leaders doing work that really matters. And this episode is dedicated to raising luminaries. If you listen to this show, you already know that it's not about you anymore. As a leader, a real luminary, you're here to deeply impact others. I feel it too. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, a business leadership strategist and mom who's passionate about raising up that next generation of leaders. Looking at my three kiddos, I realized that I wanted to do entrepreneurship differently for them. Society is failing the next generation, and once a week on this show, we're doing something to change that. Whether you're a parent with your own little luminary or you want to heed the call of impacting those trailing you, this short but sweet episode will give you guidance and inspiration you can bring around your dinner table or into your community. You want to create your legacy? Here's where you start. Let's raise them up right. Okay, 10 habits. The first is these families... These leaders in business who are also raising leaders of their own, they prioritize dinner around the table. And this sounds so simple, yet there are so many families right now that are either rushing through life or have spread themselves so thin and they're missing these moments to connect or they're in bad habits of eating dinner around the TV or they're split up and kids are eating dinner as they're doing their homework or whatever it might be. Instead of breaking bread together and doing life together, you want to make that shift from feeling split in two and really stepping into this new identity as a founder family, make this a priority. Even if it's a few nights a week, start there. It's going to change the game. I put this first because I believe it's the easiest, quickest win that you can have as a founder family. It's going to be one of the easiest, quickest ways to integrate these two worlds. The conversations and the connections that come out of Being around the table together is going to be so transformational. Number two is what I've been a broken record about. In looking at these leaders and talking to them and and interviewing them and studying them and witnessing them through their work, work and home life are integrated. And what I mean by this is that the kids know about the business that they're running 
and they're brought into the conversation. There's not this disconnect between the business you and the parent you. And it offers this incredible opportunity to model this way of life for your kids. Caught, not taught. That's what I always say. So many of the gifts in my life were not things I was necessarily sat down and taught, or I didn't learn them and I wasn't taught them in school. I witnessed them. I was blessed enough to catch them from the people leading me in my life. Number three is these families, they create a vision together and allow the kids to take part in it. Even their young children. I have young kids, but we call this process our true north, and it's actually sitting down as a family and identifying what values you stand by, uh, establish this standard by which you want to live in a way that's going to help you and your children embody those values, hold each other accountable to those values, recognize them and witness them and other people, good and bad. So this process is huge because oftentimes we have our business goals and our business vision that our family's not even really privy to because maybe they don't work in the business with us. But that's such a disservice to the people we love most because it's not fair for us to have our own dream over here totally separate from them and then expect to go to this other dream together because what if that business dream takes us off course? So instead, sit down together and cultivate and create and craft this vision as a family. If you need help and guidance through this process, you can grab our free workbook at luminaryleadershipco.com forward slash true north. It breaks down this entire process and it's something I've been using with my clients for years. The fourth thing is they share the good. They don't just complain about the bad. How often do we spend our family time talking about the hard parts of our business? Because our family is our safe place to land. We talk about what went wrong and the stresses that we have or the the problems of the day or what didn't go the way we planned. And that's okay, depending on how you vent and talk about it. But we forget sometimes to bring the good into the equation because it's just kind of automatic. It's like, oh yeah, okay, that was supposed to go good, but now my energy and my focus are on the tough things because that's just human nature. We need to actively choose to share the good too. That's why the dinner table is such a powerful tool because this is where things like this can come to be. Passing on that passion and that impact and the why of our work. How can we expect our kids to see work as a good thing if we model this so negatively sometime. And I'm kind of talking to myself here too because it's habitual for me to come out of the day with the stressors and just take for granted the good things. The fifth thing I've witnessed is they focus on contribution as a whole family unit. Again, even if the kids are really young and they're not actively working in your business or your spouse doesn't work alongside you in the business from a technical standpoint, it's not about the individual and preparing one person to launch into their future successes. It's about bringing the family together and working as a unit that has a common mission. In Jeff Bethke's book, Take Back Your Family, highly recommend it, he shares that as a Western culture, we're getting this wrong. And he argues that as a family, we need to be bonded by a shared mission, committed to mutually growing and thriving together. And that gets lost. Oftentimes in the idea of the nuclear family, each individual is kind of on their own mission. And then they come back as a family once in a while to touch base instead of the family being the hub and you having a core mission as a family as a whole. And that doesn't have to be within the confines of your business either. That mission can exist outside of it, but you better make sure that your business supports that mission and doesn't take you away from that family mission. Number six is they have seasons and rhythms to those seasons. They establish 
a culture within their family? What does it mean to be a part of the Smith family or the Wilson family? There are traditions and moments to look forward to throughout the year that become this anchor for the family, and they pursue collective interests together. They make time to rest. They make room for margin. They make space for creativity. They take time off together, and they know when they're walking into busier seasons or more focused seasons, and they're doing that as a unit, as a family, cohesively with harmony. Number seven is they are story and legacy focused. They teach through story to their kids. They make sure everyone in the family knows that family's legacy and what makes them unique and where they come from, the good and the bad, the hard and the uplifting. This is so big within our family. It was funny. I was having a conversation with Jack the other night at bedtime, and I was talking about where I'm from. And in my mind, where I'm from, I automatically connect to where my ancestors are from, where my, you know, family originates from, where our roots lie. So when I was talking about Italy and Syria and Germany and Scotland and all the, Jack's looking at me cross-eyed like, wait, you're not from there. You're from New Hampshire. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a tough conversation with a six-year-old, but there's so much legacy that I take so much pride in. And it has unbelievable impact on who I've become and the culture that I was raised in and how we are raising our children. So sometimes I think we get so focused on just where we are today and who we are today and we forget where we came from. But those are pieces of of our DNA, of our literal makeup, but also emotionally and spiritually connects us to our history. And that in turn can play a part in our future. Number eight is they bring leadership principles into the family and it's prioritized in the home. This is huge for us. There are so many leadership principles. Ownership is a big one. We talk about this a lot with the kids. They want to point blame. It's easy to say, she started it, he started it, it's his fault. But we're really trying to help them embody those moments where they say, okay, yeah, that person did something that upset me, but what was my role in it? Other leadership principles that we talk a lot about, and I could go on, this is a whole 10 other podcast episodes, is the idea of humility. Can you hear what somebody else is saying and take it in and see the possibility for your own growth or where you could do better next time? Being outward focused. Leadership is such a selfless action. It is not just based on you. It is based on something bigger than you. It's your impact on others and how you're leading others. So being conscious of what you project outward and focusing your energy outward, not making it always about self. So these are things that are woven into the fabric of the way that they live. It's not just preaching these concepts to their children or within their home, but it's embodying them and living them in their work and in the four walls of their house and in their relationships. Number nine is one-on-one time. No matter how many kids you have, we pray God blesses us with more. We have three little ones and it already feels like we're split in a million directions sometimes. But that one-on-one time is the secret sauce for lasting relationships. Founder families make time and invest in their relationships, whether it's regular date nights for mom and dad. That's something Michael and I prioritize every single week. We have a babysitter on repeat, same night of the week, or taking time to connect individually with each of your children. But it has to be intentional. I think sometimes we forget to set those intentions and we try to squeeze it into our week and then it becomes another stress that we're falling behind on. 
Now, it doesn't have to be fancy, but it has to be intentional. When I go to the grocery store, I scoop up one of my kids and take them with me, even though it makes the trip longer and harder and, you know, not quiet time for mom, but that's okay. And even though it's not this fancy thing that the kids are super excited about, uh, that, you know, an activity or going to a play place or something like that, they are excited because they get that quality time. And I go into it with the intention of making it quality time with them and having conversations with them and asking questions and listening and just witnessing their, their spirit and their growth and all of the things that are such an amazing piece of them. I can't see those things in them and help them cultivate it only in a group setting. And number 10 is they're committed to growth together. Setting goals as a family, holding each other accountable to your values or those goals, reporting back, having a checks and balance system so that you guys are committed to the possibility of growth as a family and individually, and fostering an environment of learning and cultivation and creativity and reading and stepping away from the things that distract from that, getting in bad habits of just rhythmically watching TV shows or only having quality time as a family around the television, around, you know, devices, step away from that, have conversations, challenge each other, support each other, try new things. So having this constant commitment to growth and possibility, that's one of our core values as a family is possibility. We, we seek to see the possibility and we have the courage to go after what's actually possible. I understand the cross we bear as, as people who were gifted with two callings in life, but there is such a beautiful opportunity to integrate those two callings into one. And the gift is not just for us. It's not just for our own growth and our own possibility in business, but for the gift that we're giving our children by witnessing how we integrate those two worlds. So these 10 habits of wildly successful entrepreneurial families, of wildly successful founder families and the people leading them These are the things that we've extracted in our study and in our conversations and in witnessing other people who have made that transition from spread thin, split in two into this one cohesive unit doing incredible things in the world and and raising incredible leaders in the process. If this spoke to you, take a screenshot, share it, tag us. And please, if you're willing, go leave a review today. That would be such an incredible gift that you're giving us and that in turn allows us to give back to you more fully and bring incredible guests onto the show. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening and trusting us here. We don't take that for granted. And until next time, let's raise them up right. I hope today's episode gave you exactly what you needed. And if it spoke to you, please leave us a review and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on the next juicy episode. And don't be shy. I don't bite often. So come connect with me over on Instagram at Eliz Hartke. And if there's a topic or a question, a guest you want to hear on the show or an idea you have for us, just reach out and share your thoughts. We do this for you. So the more you tell us, the more we can serve. Thank you for spending some time with me. I really do appreciate you. So tune in next time to keep building that legacy and doing the work that really matters.